for the Tag It Brando podcast, it's Taggart. What up? And me, Brando. How's it doing, everybody? I don't know about everybody, but I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I am doing really, really good. Nice, it is man. Uh, a great, uh, a great couple of things we got in store for you guys today. Something uh, that we do every week that we're not doing a game of some sort is the question of the day. Uh, something we're just gonna, you know, kind of play with, try to figure out, you know, just talk about. Yeah, we're gonna go through the memory breaks with the triggered memory and kind of just rustle up some stories from the past, and then you're gonna get a new from each of us, something that we did or learned or came across this week, and. Uh, yeah, we're going to hopefully uh, get some interactions with you guys uh, through the Instagram and Twitter and Gmail account for Tag and Brando. Uh, just decide to put it up top, you know? Like, some yeah, people don't us. listen all the way to the <laughs> end. Uh, <laughs> ah, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on, come on. Uh Shout out to the true crew out there um, that are dedicated listeners and everything. We got a message from one of our true crewers. We did, Ray. yeah. Uh, oh, whoa, verbal shout Listening out. out there. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Ray and Allison out there. Um, basically, just it just reminds me how much, like, or like what the true crew really means. In the fact that you could just, you know, you miss them, but when you get back together, it's like no time has passed. You're just right. like right back in. It's just story of current life, story of past life mixed in with what's going on, thoughts and feelings and everything. And you just you just roll with whatever you whatever's happening. It's awesome. So. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to hit us up with your uh, true crew thoughts and feelings, just uh, let us know on Twitter or Gmail, tagandbrando at gmail.com or just uh, follow us on Instagram. Be that be that guy for once. <laughs> for once, yikes! <laughs> yikes! Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's get into the meat of this here. All right. This is something that has been running through my brain ever since I was a little kid. Okay. The question of the day today is, how do you think telekinesis would work? Like moving objects with your mind. Yes. What are like... The limitations how do you visualize it like what are the capabilities like like you know we've seen it in movies and tv and and comics and everything but how do you feel like you're moving objects with your mind the physics of it what do you got what do i think the physics are well not necessarily like i like a little bit like you know okay like 
mass yeah. and inertia and those kinds of things. I just hit my microphone with my watch. Um, but yeah, those <laughs> kinds of things like, like, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, I would just be able to pick up this rock. It's like, well, I'll, I'll give you a for instance. Can you lift with your mind more than you can lift with your body? Like well, a heavy the, rock, a car, Okay. Well, let's step back first, I think. Um, okay. In this, at least for me, from where I want to, my jumping off point here would be to say that I think telekinesis, like being someone's body and picking something up, would be would act much like a muscle. You have to train it. You mm-hmm. have to get stronger with it. You start very small. You know, needles, peas, small things. Um, I'm sorry. What was the first thing you said? Needles. Needles. Oh, I thought you said Neils, like yeah, Patrick just, Harris. <laughs> well, Neil Patrick Harris is small, but not as small as some. <laughs> Looking right. at you, Bilbo. Um, oh. So, so yeah, I, I would think that you you could possibly build up to the point where it's stronger than your body. I, okay. I I've also always kind of thought since um, the brain is a pretty powerful uh, organ mm-hmm. in one's body. Um, th- yeah, that I could easily see it being more powerful than your muscles if it was then okay. to be transferred into a physical uh, ability like telekinesis. Um, okay. If that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, I would, uh, okay. <laughs> there would be strain involved, I think. I okay. um, you know, going with the muscle thing, I don't think it's like effortless. You don't just look at something and be like, uh, unless it's a needle and you're really strong in your telekinesis, right? You know, right. a needle and then a kneel and you know, just keep building it up. Um, mm-hmm. I would think there would be some kind of strain, just like picking up something. Some things are easy. To pick up, but if you're picking up 50 to 100 pounds, even if you're strong, that's, you know, mm-hmm. there's some strain to that. So I would assume that would carry over to our telekinesis brain. Um, and uh, how the visualization work? I'm not, I'm not sure. I would, um, I don't know if it's like a. Uh, who is it? Matilda, who can move things with her brain? Yes. Right. Um, she just concentrates on it real hard and then it moves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't know. I would think it would be somewhat more involved than just staring and moving. But I don't know. I don't know. Cause, what do you, cause like you, you, you think about it in, in movies and such, like, I mean, you got Jean Grey who just p- touches her temple kind of a thing and just, uh-huh. you know, pick picks up an object with, you know, and in the comics they have to visualize it like a beam coming from her head right, that envelops the object and, and lifts it and everything like that. Um, 
And in the Which, cartoons and in the TV show uh, and stuff, it's like, you know, she can do it without moving. But most people, when they're depicted in telekinesis, maybe it's an acting choice or whatever, they're like reaching their hand out and like moving, you know, like their hand, casting the thing away or, you know, right. pulling it apart or whatever it might be. And that kind of, for me, is. It's kind of a baby step to the visualization of it. Like your go-to is to pick up something with your limbs. You know, some people are polydextrous and that's awesome. Right. (laughs) Everything. But like, you know, when you think about like, I'm going to, I'm going to move this pen with Mm -hmm. my mind. You're thinking like, you know, like the motion I'm going for is this, but I'm at distance away. So I'm going to do it with my hand and that is going to help me visualize the, the force on the pen or the pencil or whatever and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I just visualize that as like, you're, you're, you're being physical to, to mimic the act to mm -hmm. help, like you said, with visualization or with the movement of it or whatever. Which, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a singer or whatever, Christine, Christine Aguilera doing the hand thing, which it gets up high or whatever. Or, right. you know, people who are really animated when they talk and talk with their hands for the emphasis. It's mm-hmm. To me, that equates the same kind of thing. So, no, I, can, true. I, I can see that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, yeah, like when, you know, a lot of people will do that when it's like they're, they're singing like a different you know octaves and stuff they'll be like yeah and they'll put their hand up and down to kind of help them visualize like i gotta go up and down right another question a question for another time is like the term high and low for sound like where did that come from you know why don't we go like like small and big or whatever anyway doesn't matter so so but like another another example of just that is if Mm -hmm. if the people out there know about bobby mcferrin have i talked about bobby mcferrin on this podcast i think you did i think so yeah Mm -hmm. because now i'm i'm reminded because it's a you know kind of my goal in life um one thing that he does (laughs) sometimes when he sings he 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 fingers his microphone like he's like uh playing a flute or a trumpet or mm-hmm. some kind of instrument and it's the same kind of thing like he's playing the notes with his fingers but he's singing it you know right so yeah just same kind does of he, just visualization does thing. he play the flute does he play he, a wind instrument i don't know if he does play a wind instrument um but he plays piano. He's actually a very good piano player, and that's how he started out. He started out as a piano player, and then one day was like, you know what? Nah, I'm a singer. <laughs> and then right. from there, so. So, yeah, so that's a, that's a good parallel there just to be like, you know, we have these visual concepts of abstract things, you know, uh, vocal ranges, and stuff like that. And, yeah, you would move your hand in. And so my my follow-up question to that is... You know, if you're going to pick up an object, uh-huh. what do you think would be like the limitations on like what you're actually 
manip what part of the object you're actually manipulating and how much of the object is just going with that because it's attached. Right. Think of like think of like a purse or something or sure. like a bag. You could grab the handle, like, you could grab the bag, yeah, corner, exactly. whatever. No, no, like, I like this can, question. It's I I think of it kind of like the crane game, okay? So you okay. yeah. No, you know, your brain is the crane mm-hmm. and um since you're working in physical space, I'm sure mm-hmm. there is the equivalent of grabbing too soon and missing completely. Right. Cuz right? you know, if you're do- if you're doing the crane, you know, properly with like and you got more than one person, you're looking at it in one dimension, right? From the joystick. Right, 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 right. Uh, slash arrow buttons, like that suck. <laughs> like, ugh. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes they have like that little ball, and then you got your friend on the on the y axis. Right, he's you like, know, come go, more, 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 overstep. Yeah, 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 up, up, up. Because you know it's hard to judge. You know, it's hard to judge depth and accurately. That, it's yeah. easier to judge side to side. Yeah. So I think starting out, you would have that. You'd go for it and you'd miss it, or you'd go too far and you'd bump it or whatever. Because mm-hmm. you're you're interacting with the physical world, so some somehow there's an overlap, right, where that's mm-hmm. happening. Just like throwing a football too, like you get better and you can hit where you're. When you get good, you can hit where you're going, kind of thing. I would think that there will mm-hmm. is something like that. So, um, so like like a baseball player, like literally physically cannot see the baseball coming at them at 95 miles an hour like they're right. from the distance the distance from the pitcher to the plate is not enough for a baseball player to recognize that this ball is going to be in this quad, like part of the strike right. zone they have to just go off of the movements and the body uh, actions of the pitcher and then their <laughs> their body's just like this is a slider this is going to go left this is not worth right. hitting because by the time their brain registers that the ball has been released, they have to be mid-swing or else Basically. they're going to whiff. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. So I think all that plays, like it's, it's uh, you know, it's uh, brain-eye coordination. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you you definitely are limited from what you can see. Um, mm-hmm. or, or not. I mean, you can probably get into spaces you can't see, but then you're just grabbing in the dark like you would with your hand, you know, and you're like, I don't right. know, maybe it's over here. Um, well, yeah, cause that's also another element to this, not to derail what you're saying, but right. what is also the feedback that you get? Like if you're, if you're going to pick up an object right. that's like behind another object, like you're there's no element there to feel you know you're not rummaging around with your hands and the nerves in your hands say oh yeah that's what i want grab and go you either have you have to know it's there i would think there would be some general feeling just like if you had a dead hand and you had no feeling in your hand you can mm-hmm. feel if it's closed all the way or if it's not. And if it's not and you reach for something, you would be like, okay, there's probably something in my hand now. I can't close it anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking of it kind of as an appendage of some sort, though I, I would assume that you could kind of 
broaden its uh, birth. You know, it's not like a hand mm-hmm. where it's limited size. Like you can mm-hmm. make it bigger and make a wider kind of grab or, or smaller mm-hmm. for a more minuscule right. kind of thing. But uh, but I would think once you kind of clasp it, for lack of a better word, if you could mm-hmm. feel you could feel if it's closed all the way or if it's not kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree because like it, it, it'd be interesting to kind of, you know, build this up. And maybe this is a power that we some people might have hypothetically, mm-hmm. but it is such a foreign concept. You know, it'd be like sewing, sewing on a prehensile tail. Right. And somebody's just like, like, I don't know what to do with this. And that's why babies are just like wiggling their limbs around. Cause we're like, like I was bunched up in this, How like, these work? you know, warm little, warm little, <laughs> you know, sack for forever. When like these things came into existence. I don't know where this goes or what to do. And like, I'm going right. to fall over if I try to, you know, get on, like do what you're doing, like stand up and everything. So if you think about it as like, yeah, like you would, you start out and you're just kind of training yourself. Like I'm going to push this thing with my hand, kind of like in ghost, right? Uh-huh. Sure. But the opposite. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in, in right. ghost, he's using his body to interact with the physical world but he's using like the limitation is his his perception of his body like right. he's trying to move the penny um, with his finger over and over again just passing through it until he gets and it moves right right and that's kind of like what you would do is you would be like okay I'm gonna start two inches from my hand and I'm just gonna try to move it I'm just gonna try to I'm just gonna interact with it. I'm gonna push it. And then whether you see it move or you feel, like you said, some kind of phantom appendage right. pushing it would be a very different kind of thing because the phantom appendage, then you'd be like, sweet, now I can like reach in behind something with my mind and do something. Or I can do, you know, unlock something very finicky like uh like get in like an actual lock you know and like okay i'm gonna push up the pins and i'm gonna move the tumbler and we're in you know right Right. kind of a thing versus like oh well i literally can only visualize my hand like turning the knob so like right like i'll turn it from the inside like you know it's 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 kind of a different concept manipulating something very small that your hands can't do without tools. And then on the opposite side of that, manipulating something very big, like right. lifting lifting a car, if you, even if your hands were like super strong, if you like just reached into a car door and lifted, you'd probably like just rip the car door or just tear through right. the sheet metal, you know? Like you think of like a forklift, like if it's not getting under the frame, it's just gonna shred right the 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 sheet metal of the the off the car. So yeah, these are the kinds of things I'm, I've been thinking about. So so you'd have to yeah, what? I mean the phys- real life physics would have to apply. So right, so mm-hmm. you can't just grab it at the door with your brain 
and be like, you know, mm-hmm. lifting cars now, even if you were that strong. And, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. Well, yeah, because something else I've thought about too is like, um, along those same kind of lines is, is also like when you're lifting something or moving something, um, you know, friction plays a big role, right? Like, sure. If you, if you are trying to lift, like, you know, if you're trying to palm a basketball and you don't have big enough hands, you can't get, you know, enough friction on the surface to hold it right from the, and everything. Whereas if you're trying to like lift a rock, like out of the ground, that's like, you know, barely peaking above the ground Usually you'd have to dig around that till you got enough purchase underneath and then pull up. Whereas, you know, would you be able to visualize yourself like, okay, I don't have to push the dirt out of the way because I can get underneath it with my mind and, and, and pull it up or I can, I can, I can envelop this person in a comfortable type grip, let's say, Uh to Uh lift their body weight, you know, because if somebody just grabs you by the torso as a 200 pound man it just lifts you up not very comfortable <laughs> you know it's no it's yeah no so and just thinking about it um we're we're you know kind of speaking of this second appendage that's reaching out and doing all this stuff but it's really the your brain really that's like mm-hmm. doing it so as you're speaking mm-hmm. of friction and these kinds of things, if there was friction that needed to be created on our side to pick it up, say with the basketball or whatever, um, mm-hmm. I think you would feel, you know, where you would feel it on your fingers. Of course, if you were picking it up with your fingers, I think mm-hmm. you might feel that kind of feedback somehow in your brain. Does that make sense? Right. Um, well, also, would- like if you built like a... Mm-hmm. Like put up a wall almost like in front of you and mm-hmm. because there was a bomb or something like obviously that's a, this is an extreme example. But if a bomb goes off and you have blocked it with your telekinesis so it doesn't mm-hmm. hit you physically, that's still going Ooh. to reverberate back onto your brain. Do you know what I mean? Because your brain okay. is taking all the force just like your hand would mm-hmm. if, you, if it was a high five or something. Um, okay. So if, if – like if somebody's gonna punch you, and you just stop their arm, their hand, their fist, basically with your mind, you're saying right. that your mind is is absorbing the force of that punch. Yeah. However, that would be translated. It would be you. That would be um, mm-hmm. at least felt. There would be some kind of um, mm-hmm. transference of of. Well, well, energy's got to be somewhere, Somehow. Right? Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it might... Sometimes in comics and movies and things like this, it, it you can see it against the person, right? They're, for, they're pressing against something really hard or whatever, and they're pressing back against their mind mm-hmm. wall or whatever. And it's a physical right. response on the telekinesis side that they're they're leaning into it and they're trying not to be pushed back physically. So I don't know if that's if it would transfer to their physical body that way or if it would all be mental strain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But 
Cause, but I think cause there would be about, some. Because mm-hmm. you think about, you know, some of the the examples that we do have. You know, we mentioned Jean Grey. I think Green Lantern is essentially kind of a, another telekinetic personage. It's just they their manifestations are visible, right? Right. Like they're making the machine gun, the chainsaw, the shield, all that kind of different stuff. And right. this green but energy... Not- it's not coming from their brain necessarily. It's coming from. Uh, it's coming their, from the their, ring. Their will. Their will exactly. So, like, like physically, it's a energy, like energy yeah, source like a, from the ring. But like you said, you know, a Green Lantern's only as good as their will power right, to do it's something. Manifestation of their emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if they get distracted or they get fatigued or something like that, you know, then those things become weaker and more vulnerable and all that kind of different stuff. So, yeah, like, right. however you're, like, you know, manipulating the object, I think you would need some kind of feedback, like you said. You would have to be able to kind of sense its movement, its weight, its, right. you know, kind of thing because... Yeah, like, I mean, like, if you go to pick up something, you know, how many times, like, have you tried to lift, like, a large box? It might not be heavy, but it's just awkward, right? right. Yeah. And, and so only... do you have multiple points, like two arms and a chest, to hold right. a box? Or do you just have one point of energy and you're like, okay, I am focusing in on the center of gravity for this object and that's where i'm going to lift it from but at the same time if it's a small enough pinpoint and you pull the center of gravity that could just rip the whole thing in half yeah topple it over right Mm -hmm. so yeah interesting um i uh oh i think my thought left me um Oh, sorry. sorry Willpower, man. <laughs> um, shoot. No, it really did. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost no. it. Lost it completely. No worries. So, uh, yeah. So this is just something like, you know, if, if you're out there trying to harness your telekinetic powers, you really got to kind of look at it as like, you know, how are you trying to move it? What are you trying to move? You know, like, are you going uh, I mean, against... Oh, go ahead. Right. So, so I guess the other alternative would be if you didn't know... Um, if you didn't have any feedback on the weight and the distribution and when you picked it up, like, how gravity was going to play with it, mm-hmm. it would it would have to be, like, an actual mind power where you could do all those calculations in your head before you picked it up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um and that would be the only other alternative that I could think of. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. even if, um, cause you're mentally, uh, interacting with the physical world. So you'd have to have some mm-hmm. kind of feedback or you'd have to be able to, uh, like completely internalize all the mathematics to make it work properly. Right. And you know, and my buddy Mike mentioned this, kind of because i was like talking about it one day i was like man i really wish i could like calculate you know the speed of a car 
or like the height of something or the distance from one point to another, just like in my mind, you know, just know the numbers. Right. Right. He's like, well, you, you kind of do that just without the numbers. Right. Like you, you can give yourself, like when you're driving, you're like, this car is going too fast for me to make this, you know, left turn. Like I'm going to wait and all that kind of stuff. Or this, the craziest thing to me, again, back to the baseball example, with you know hitting a, a fastball is right. is that is that intuitive like I'm not paying attention and something's coming at me I'm gonna I'm gonna catch it like out of the corner of my eye you right. know it's 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 not heading directly for my face so I'm not looking at it with my biocular vision and determining like when I put my hand in front of my face it's off to the side. And like I'm diving for this ball, and I'm like, or like, or you know, like, uh, you play like you played ultimate more than I did, but ultimate frisbee <laughs> is like this amazing like I can get this, and I like the the thing is behind me, and I'm reaching out, and I got it, like those kind of grabs, you know? Right, right, and so. In your mind, you know, you, you need that feedback because, like, if you went to catch something or stop something that you couldn't, you'd either have to see it or know that your aura or whatever you want to call it, you know, right. did or its job. Right. <laughs> and if you could, yeah, if you, if you could actually manipulate the size of whatever the force is that you're providing – then mm-hmm. that would make it a little easier if something flew at you. You could just make it real big and, you know, mm-hmm. try to put as much force behind it as you could to just kind of block it kind of thing. But I think you're mm-hmm. right. As you get better and better at it, even if you would have to do the mathematics in your brain, it would mm-hmm. be – it would be um, become second nature and would become instantaneous mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh, this is this and – I'll pick it right. up without you having to think, okay, where's the tipping point and where's where's mm-hmm. the center of gravity and how far away is it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't necessarily like think those things when you're when a ball's coming at us and we're like, okay, so it's probably about 10 feet away right now if I wait and then I'm going to move my hand to mm-hmm. about... Because you know, you'd miss it. <laughs> right, right. 170 <laughs> degrees from my face or, or whatever it is, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, you'd just be like... Oh, whoops. Um, so, yeah. So I guess, yeah, you're right. We kind of do that anyways, and it would get easier and easier as mm-hmm. you go. So, yeah. So, so I yeah. think the the two things to focus on would be, you know, uh, yeah, like kind of expanding your your reach, like both in in distance. Mm. long longevity you know how long can you hold something up or whatever and also like yeah like how how much of the object are you manipulating you know are you grabbing the bag by the handle are you grabbing the bag you know as a whole you know and all the you know and the bag is holding the contents are you able to hold you know in your mind all of the contents and everything so that you can hold the bag and then pull the lipstick out of it you know what i mean like It'd be very fascinating to like to to have this power and to sit there and kind of think about like what kind of things can you do? Can you go minute? Can you go microscopic? You know, like 
if you're, right. you know, can you perform brain surgery on somebody without having to go in, like actually operate on them? Can you like remove a blockage in someone's heart just by like going in there, you know, not Superman or style that right. like <laughs> you gotta, you gotta laser open or Neo from the Matrix more like where you can kind of go in there, and just squeeze their heart <laughs> without opening their chest. Well, the interesting thing with that is that, again, at some point, well, it's not really yeah, like, a tangible reaction, but it is, or, or interaction, I should say, mm-hmm. because obviously you're picking it up, but, um, but yeah, your, your, your substance or whatever, right, your, your aura mm-hmm. or your mental beam is not a physical thing it's in your brain so Mm -hmm. so thinking in that way i'm i guess it would be you would technically be able to do that you go in and say okay this is the mass and if i calculate it perfectly and only Mm -hmm. grab the tumor Mm -hmm. you know since i'm not physically manifesting anything nothing around it's going to get touched i'm just going to pull that out though Mm -hmm. though the thing is where do you go with it right if there's no yeah if there's no if there's no incision or anything Mm -hmm. that is that the mass is still physical so you have Mm -hmm. to you'd have to take it somewhere but Mm -hmm. um but that would be the only limitation in my in my brain (laughs) i guess (laughs) pun intended um, uh, that's true. I, I I guess yeah. If you're if I mean if we take the example of like you know somebody's having a heart attack and they 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 have a blockage, like your your two choices really without you know damaging the you, vessel yeah, are to go do back a, are uh-huh. to go backwards to where the right. blockage came from, which is potentially bigger, mm-hmm. or to push the blockage through. And or hopefully. do a men- yeah, or do a mental angioplasty. Go if there's a little opening, go in it and then expand out to push it against the walls. Right. So you you could expand it out, and then the blockage would keep going. But you'd have to like go in there and like break the blockage apart. You know, which is another question. You know, could you again like do you have one entity that you? Well, can, I guess that's the thing. Can, yeah. You know. You could like, go in if you can go microscopic you, or or really small. At least you could go in and just pull off little pieces of it, right? You know, and say mm-hmm. flush away, flush away right. until it's all Not until today. it's all gone, right? Because right. that was that was always what got me with like Magneto in a couple of things like Magneto. I mean, manipulating uh, metal with magnetic fields, essentially telekinesis. Just you know, same thing with like. You know, anybody from Avatar The Last Airbender, it's just an isolated, uh, you know, uh, object kind of object category. But uh-huh. how does he rip something apart through magnetism? Like, he's got to have two magnetic fields that are competing for the same piece of metal that in and of itself, once it has one magnetic field applied to it, then has its own magnetic field. You know, like you put a magnet on a nail and you pick up a paperclip kind of a thing. Like, right. So like as a as a tele, uh, telekinetic person, can you 
look at something that ha- has structure and uh, cohesion and atoms joining it together and actually pull it apart like you would with two hands. I mean, I think you could have as many uh, appendages or whatever grasp grasping points as you would want as as long as your mm-hmm. brain can handle the strain, you know. Right. And and if if you can get microscopic, then you could go in and say, okay, this atom by and pull, you know, uh, pull right. it out or whatever. So I Ooh, would don't. have. <laughs> Yikes! Don't do, I mean, don't do it. I mean, it, it's scary, but. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's an interesting thing because you could, uh, you could uh, a little, uh, little fission, a little, there. a little fission action, and uh, say, well, you know what? I got a bomb, and it's this uh, molecule. Boom, <laughs> uh, which would be crazy. Right. Um, that would be actually uh, awesome, mm-hmm. um, destructive, but awesome. But yeah. anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I think you could get that finite again. Again, the only way to practice on that though would be able to to see it, you know, and, and right. to know what you're feeling for. So you'd have to be able to like, <laughs> you're like I could do it, but I need a microscope. Uh, <laughs> I need an electron microscope, please, and well, uh, I'm gonna blow you all up. Yeah, it, well, it kind of depends because if we have the if we have a physical feedback, if we have a you know a tendril out there, kind of a thing that like I know if I'm holding this object, I know if I'm you sure. Know, sure, I'm just saying to get to the point where you could recognize the feel of an atom, you would have to see it many times to get to the point where okay, I got the electron here, I got mm-hmm. the proton or whatever, um, right. You know, just like again, the from familiarity of of grabbing a frisbee out of the air from just mm-hmm. your peripheral vision, um, it doesn't start that way. You get hit in the face with a frisbee a lot, like so right. with an atom. You'd have to be able to see it a lot first to then build up to, right. to that being more second nature. You you'd um, have to pick okay. something super cold as well. Because, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. because if, if you're picking any molecule, even if it's in, you know, a, a solid object like a table or, you know, like a rock uh-huh. or something, that thing is still buzzing around in there. And so you oh, have to yeah. pick something super cold to be like, okay, this is the atom I'm going for. Get, okay, you get out of the way. You get out of the way. I need this guy. <laughs> right. And even And even then, like the strain of that just to be so small – and to also handle mm-hmm. something that's moving so much um, mm-hmm. would would be intense. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, cool. Okay, so we just uh, created a new, you know, supervillain, somebody who can, you know, <laughs> split atoms with their mind, but the atomizer. takes takes. A, Takes a lot of lot of concentration, a lot of a lot of pinpointing things down. Right. Oh, well, no, thank you for indulging me on that. I, I, yeah, I like that question a lot. And it's, it's, it's got a lot of facets that even since I don't know if they've all been, they've all been touched upon. So, yeah, we went to some uncharted, charted, 
uncharted as well. Territories there. <laughs> yeah. So very good. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uncharted territories, for a minute, we at all one point were ch- children and we haven't been <laughs> for a quick minute. Um, mm-hmm. Getting to our uh, triggered memory today. And this is in the truest sense of triggered memory. Smell is, of course, a sense that many people have said are, are very connected to memory and reminding us of things. You know when sometimes you smell something, you're like, okay, now I'm remembering this place and when we did this. Um, so I wanted to ask you if there was any particular smell or smells that you Whenever it hits you, you're like, okay, I am a child now. This reminds me of my childhood. I'm doing this or that. Yeah, so I really need to figure out what what plant this is. Uh-huh. But there is like a specific type of bush, I want to say. Okay. Um, it's got, you know... Uh, pretty small leaves, maybe like a little less than an inch um, and stuff like that. Um, okay. And I didn't get it. It wasn't a lot in like Colorado, but it was a lot in New Jersey where I spent oh, my summers uh-huh. and everything. And um, since I've been out in Utah, I've caught like a, I caught a whiff of it like every once in a while, like very randomly. Um Interesting. Just like maybe once every two or three years. And it just, and it just all of a sudden, like, I'm like right back there, summer in New Jersey. And, um, and I just can't, I can't pinpoint it. Like, I, you know, a lot of times when it happens, I'm like doing something with other people. So I can't be like, hold up, I got to sniff these bushes. I got to figure out where this smell's coming from. What is this called? Do you live like, here? Is this your bush? Do, did you plant this? I need to know. I'm taking a sample of it. And um, all your friends are like, who is this guy and why do we hang out with him? Yeah. What is he doing ruffling through through my shrubbery here? But but yeah, that's like one of the biggest ones just just takes me, takes me back. Um, the other one I think we've touched on uh, here on this podcast is your parents' bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, Your parents' bathroom has a very, not a bad, but a very unique scent to it. And it just reminds me of when you had That's interesting. the Dixie cups in uh-huh. the bathroom. You had the little plastic dispenser right. attached to the wall and you had the little uh, paper Dixie cups to like rinse, you know when you're brushing your teeth and stuff like that, that's as far back as it takes me. Nice. So that dispenser is still on the wall. Right. And my mom still buys, but now plastic cups uh, to go in there. So Mm -hmm. there you go. All you plastic people don't, don't come after me. Um, (laughs) All you plastic people (laughs) or anti-plastic people. (laughs) That's more. Yeah. You know what I meant? People Um, made of plastic. Oh, you plastics. Please. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We don't want to turn you into cups. Um, that's not our goal. <laughs> what's what's um, your scent, scent 
trigger? Well, one that I get a lot, not a lot, but more often than not, or more often than not. Okay, still not the thing I was trying to say. The smell that I get... <laughs> Quite often fairly, Fairly, yeah. res- fairly... Uh, yeah, it happens more often than some, but still rare enough that, like, you know, this it's... Yeah. Um, it's an old people smell. Um, old people smell, Okay. It's not old people necessarily, but it's like it's aged house smell, I think is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, and so sometimes you'll get it in and sometimes you'll get it in like a nursing home or um, but usually it's more like a, it, it's us, I usually smell it in like an old house I, uh, where people have lived there, the same people for a long time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. But it reminds me of my grandma's house. And Mm -hmm. uh, they had lit my grandma. Okay, so just a little history here. My grandma, uh, was she born? This is my mom's mom. Oh, your mom's mom. Okay. My mom's mom. She was, I want to say, born in the house. Uh, please correct me, Ooh. family, if I'm wrong, but she <laughs> lived in that house her whole life. Mm-hmm. She never moved. So her parents owned the house uh, when she was a kid, and then when she got married, they gave them, I think, again, correct me if I'm wrong, family, they they <laughs> gave them the house as like a wedding present, and they lived there after they were married until she died. So like she lived in that house Literally her whole life. Um, she died at 80, 90, what was she? 90, something, 90. Um, sorry, family. Um, I want to say... <laughs> sorry. I, <should>. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say 93. I don't know if that's right. Um, mm-hmm. But early 90s, uh, I think. Um, uh, been through a lot of different remodels and stuff that house it was but obviously it's an old house and i don't know it had an, an interesting smell to it but not a unique smell because like i say i i, I get it every now and then um mm-hmm. and it's very weird so so it reminds me of my childhood though because we went again kind of like you we went there a lot in the summers not mm-hmm. every summer but a lot of summers as a kid um we went there, and specifically, it reminds me of sleeping in their living room in sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and or sitting in there. So they they sat and watched TV in their room. They had a pretty big room, and I would go and sit on the floor and watch like Prices Right and stuff with my grandparents. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, reminds me of that. Strangely enough, I I never seem to watch the show at home, so it also reminds me of Carmen San Diego, the original TV show. <laughs> right. I, I'd always somehow watch it there and never at home. Classic, classic. So yeah, she creeps around the world from Belize to Carolina. She's a sticky finger felter from the anyway. So it's an so it's it's an interesting smell because uh, 
I experienced so many things at their house at a pretty impressionable age. I must must be because it connects to a lots of stuff. Like mm-hmm. um, uh, you mentioned the bathroom, and then and then I uh, I immediately smelled her bathroom, my my grandma's mm-hmm. bathroom that we would use when we were there which was, it didn't have a tub, it was just a shower, and I wasn't used to that because we just had a tub shower at our mm-hmm. house, you know, uh, and it was just like an enclosed shower, you know, and it was always kind of a weird thing for me. But it was a different smell than the house because in the summer, the window in the bathroom was always open, so you got a little bit of, like, the smell from the yard with, like, fla- mm-hmm. like flowers and stuff kind of think summer breeze kind of in the bathroom with the bathroom smell so again kind of a unique thing but uh you reminded me of that one i the interesting thing is because i'm so used to my parents bathroom even though i you know have uh for majority of my life now not lived there right Mm -hmm. um it doesn't like i don't even register what that smell is i have no idea what you're Mm -hmm. referring to Right. So, well, the, the kind of interesting thing, like as you mentioned, um, it, it's people that have been in a house for a long time. Uh-huh. And, and oddly enough, for me, that's that it is a very different smell yeah. than um, just an old house. Yes. Because, like, I don't know what it is. Like, like you said, I mean, it's been remodeled and, you know, you know, updates and whatever, new carpet every once in a while, all that kind of stuff. So it's not like if this house was sold, you know, 15 times or 10 times in the last, you know, 90 years, right? right. It's, it's, it's gone through however many people... It would have a different smell than a house that has the same updates, the same, you know, but just the same same people people living in it. You know, I concur completely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird because like it's just kind of, you know, like you also know when nobody's lived there for a long time, you know. Right. Like I haven't I haven't been through like a ton of like, you know, old houses and things like that, but. It, it is different, like, you, you know when someone's been there for a long time, you know when it's just been occupied by multiple people, or you know when it's just been nobody's been in there. But the house could be the exact same age and have the right. exact kind of treatment and stuff like that. It's weird. Right. That is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, I'm... Speaking of uh, people that that go into a lot of houses, or go into a lot of houses and stuff like that, back to... <laughs> Shout out! I would be interested what Ray would th- say to this, because Ray. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray with uh, with his business, you know, junk removal and stuff like that. Um, You've been in a lot of houses. You, you get in a lot of houses and you get in deep. You know, you're you're going downstairs to a basement. You're going through the house multiple times to get to the backyard, that kind right. of stuff and everything like that. So I wonder how his his crew is is kind of thinking on that because. Yeah, it might be like, yep, this house, this person lived here for a long time, and now they don't, and now we're moving all of their stuff <laughs> for one reason or another. So, 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting yeah. take on it. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Any other smells that jump out of you? Or? Uh, no, those are like those are the ones that you know definitely just like like right back. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything because there's not like any necessarily like food I can think of. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say uh, Robin's uh, chip dip definitely mm. brings me back. Um, uh, or can, I don't know if can I, can of spaghettios. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever had. Did you ever? Okay, so Robin had chip dip. So there's my mom's Susie's cheese dip, which you're familiar with. I made Mary. it the other day, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. Um, there's Susie's cheese dip. There's Robin's chip dip, which is three ingredients. It is literally just cream cheese, a tiny bit of onion that's blended. So, you know, no worries. And just a a dash of milk to kind of smooth it out. But it's a weird balance of like ratios. And so when I'm making that, like I remember being like a little kid and like staring over the blender and because like – you can't do this with modern blenders, which kind of pisses me off a lot of times. But <laughs> but the way to get chip dip to the right consistency is you, you get your blender, your old school blender with the uh-huh. cap on top and like the little uh, pla- like clear plastic insert thing. Uh-huh. You pour in a little bit of milk and just a sliver of onion. And I'm talking like... Like, not half an onion, not a quarter of an onion. I'm talking, like, a sliver of onion. And okay. then you cut <laughs> then you cut the cream cheese, you know, get, like, a, a, a eight-ounce brick of cream cheese, and you cut it into little strips, and you just start adding that in. And it's just this balance between the cream cheese, the milk, and the... Uh, onion to get like this thing but to make sure you have the right consistency you have the blender going and you're looking at it through the top mm-hmm. and if you can run a butter knife just along like as it's vortexing down if you can run the butter knife and it just basically kind of cuts through and then that part gets sucked in quicker than the part that's behind it you know it's ready so a little bit, of, a little bit too thin. Add some more cream cheese. Too thick. Add a little bit of just a dash more milk. Let it blend for a second, and you kind of get that balance, and then you know you got it. But mm. that takes me back to learning how to do that and not put anything in too deep while the blender's going. That's just gonna shred up your <laughs> knife or your your right. spatula or something. So. Um, definitely that smell takes me back. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. Yeah. Anything else? That... Uh, I don't know. I kind of threw out SpaghettiOs, which was kind of a joke, but mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, if I smell a can of SpaghettiOs, I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm a child. I need some, <laughs> I need some hot dogs, please. I need some hot dogs. Oh, uh, no, it's good. So. Yeah, man. 
So uh, yeah. So anyway, what's what's the what's the what's the new with you this week? Uh, the new with me is I don't think I mentioned this book already. Uh, oh, the the book called "The Gift of Fear." Do we talk about this? I don't think so. Okay. So I've started listening to this book on Audible uh, called "The Gift of Fear." I'm sure by somebody that I can't name right now. <laughs> um, Kudos I, to the author. Yeah, very bad, very bad citation right now. Um, I'll, I'll pull it up for you so we can give. Uh, yeah. The Gift of Fear by uh, Gavin De Becker. Oh, I was um, there. I had it. Yeah, oh, um, but it's a. This this guy um, that has studied and consulted um, on the the warning signs, the survival signals, as he calls them, for anywhere from like um, like assassinations to like you know um, domestic abuse. Uh, domestic violence, that kind of stuff, um, and and just like terrorist attacks and all this kind of different stuff. And so, he he kind of he he illustrates the the fact that we innately, you know, like we were talking about with catching the frisbee or or hitting the fastball, uh-huh. like we have so much innate recognition of fear or sorry of of danger but we as humans have learned to rationalize it out right so much it's in looking back that we're like yeah i, I oh, mean kind of scary <laughs> I, yeah i didn't um you know i noticed that the door was like open when i like walked in and I thought to myself, like, oh, that's creepy. But then I'm like, ugh, I'm an idiot. I probably left it open, you know, whatever. And then, right. you know, there was already somebody in the house. Like, you know, like I couldn't hear my dog barking or, you know, all these little things like come out after the fact. Right. But his big thing is if you can recognize them after, then you recognize them then. And you need you to be just... more aware of that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And and stuff like that. And he said, like, you know, in the majority of my interviews, people are like, well, how could I have avoided that? Like, what were the warning signs? And he's like, well, walk me through what happened. It's like, okay, well, and it's, the story goes just kind of like I said. It's like, well, I came home and nothing was out of the ordinary except for, you know, I had noticed that, like, the mail wasn't in the mailbox. So I was like, that's weird. And it's like the mail, like, and so like all these little things, it's like, yeah, like you just need to like, and he talks about it a lot with, you know, domestic violence and, um, stalkers and stuff like that, where yeah, people, um, this one lady he was talking to, it's like, how do I recognize, you know, like a boy, like a, like when I'm dating somebody like that, they're going to be 
like psycho, right? This is kind of like uh, from How I Met Your Mother, like the crazy eyes, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> the hot <laughs> like, crazy scale. Yeah, the hot crazy scale, the crazy eyes, that kind of stuff. Like, um, But she like lays out this whole thing on like, well, he asked me out like several times and I kept saying no, and but he was so polite and so insistent that I said yes. But then he was kind of like joking about like marriage and kids just on our first date, you know, nothing major. But then it got like more and more serious. And then he like, like started like pressuring me, like, when are we going to do this and stuff like that? And it's like, you know, and so she's laying out like, well, I recognized it on our first date. Like, oh, that's kind of weird. But then. You know, it just gets exacerbated and uh-huh. and, and like, worse well, that and was stuff that. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, "What are?" It's like, "So, what are the warning signs? Like, what should I look out for?" It's like, literally everything you just told me is exactly what you need to look out for. Everything that you were like, that was kind of strange. How mm-hmm. about you? Yeah, interesting. Right. And the biggest thing that I um, am interested in is the people's politeness outweighs their survival instincts a lot of times. And that's Uh what a lot of people prey on like Ted Bundy and, and stuff like that is, um, you know, if you get in an elevator and somebody's like creeping you out, you should just be like, I'll take the next one. It's like, I'm what? Out. Right. It's like, it's like what? What? I'm, I'm not going to attack you. And it's just like that's exactly what an attacker would say. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like the like so many of his of the people he talks to and the people he interviews and stuff like that and were like, well, I didn't want to offend the person or I did like I thought like I was being silly in thinking this person's weird or creepy or whatever. Um. And I didn't want them to think that I, you know, thought they were creepy or whatever. And it's like, who cares? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. at this, like, and that's kind of it is there's certain moments when you should just go with the caution and just be like, yeah, I'm going right. to, I'm going to clutch my purse I'm and I'm going to run the rest of the way back down till I get to my apartment. I don't care if this guy's like, wow, that lady like probably thought I was like stalking her. Like what a freak. It's just like, good for her. <laughs> like, you know, she right. gets out of a situation she's uncomfortable with and that person didn't attack her. Whether they were going to or not isn't really the issue. And that's kind of what he 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 mentioned something interesting. Like, we don't have – we have tons of um, – we have like a great judicial system. Uh huh. But a lot less preventative measures. Like, we'll hunt, you know, a murderer down as much as we can, but there's less to do with somebody who hasn't murdered somebody, you know? Like, right. trying to stop somebody before they get to that point. And he said something, he says, we have suicide hotlines, but we don't have homicide hotlines. Like, I think this person's trying to kill me. Or I am, like, thinking of killing this person help stop me or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. And he said that there was, 
this one police officer that he knew that uh, opened like a domestic violence, um, like a support group kind of a thing, like this big uh, national like domestic violence investigations and stuff like that. Um, but that guy literally as a child tried to murder his stepdad because his stepdad was like, you know, um, was, you know, beating them and all that kind of different stuff. Like him, he and his brother like sat down and they're like, we can't get a gun. We're too young. Stabbing him won't work because he's bigger and stronger than us. So they poisoned his wine that he drank every night and but he like got just got really sick and survived so like the fact that they he he survived like it was just a traumatic incident for this young man but he literally tried to kill him so there's no real difference like murderers are you know not not to say normal people but they're you know out there just sometimes they've just failed and so it's just interesting that he's trying to say like you know don't judge a book by its cover but do you know like don't assume it's 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 don't judge a book by its cover meaning the book isn't going to be obvious but if you do see these subtle things just get out of there just it's better to offend somebody than to be attacked by them right is kind of the a big um, message through it so anyway so the gift of fear it's cool crazy dude yeah okay Mm -hmm. what's uh what's your new what's new to do okay well um i uh I've recently watched The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Oh, okay. Seen this at all yet? I have not. Okay. Well, that's not really the point. The point is, (laughs) uh, (laughs) the point is, I I watched it. I enjoyed it, but most of all, I was like, I should play chess, right? So. So I, I have uh, started playing on chess.com. Um, Ooh, okay. And uh, I, let me see how many games I got here. You have multiple going at once? No, no, no. Just how many I've played. All right. So I've only played a total of 11 games. Um, this is in like the rapid... Uh, um, category, uh, which you can you can change how long, but these are all ten minute games, so we each have ten minutes to to go through. Mm-hmm. So it's a twenty minute game, then? No, 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 no. You have a limit of five minutes each. Ten minutes per per your turns. So, um, right. So I. So no, because it's whoever hits ten first, right? So you're you're, yeah, you it might be closer to twenty minutes altogether. But when okay. but it's like a, it's like the clock, right? So when it's my turn, my 
my mm-hmm. 10 minutes is clicking down. And if right. no one's checkmated and I run out of clock first, then I'm, I lose. Right. Which, but I mean, like it's, it could get up to nine or to 19 minutes and 59 seconds. Like somebody could have used almost all of their time and you use your full 10 minutes. kind of. Right. Thing. If you are super okay. even. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose if you're only a second off, then yes, it could, it could do that. So mm-hmm. I am, so uh, of my 11 games, I've won eight games. Now you're matched Ooh. with people who have uh, um, a comparable ranking to yourself. Right. Uh, in these types of games here. So, um, but yeah, so I've, uh, interestingly enough, I do much better when I'm black than when I'm white. Won six games as black, only two games as white. And remind me, which goes first? White goes first. White goes first. So white should have the advantage. Um, mm-hmm. but I seem to do better when I'm defending. I haven't a- analyzed the chess.com is interesting. You do have like, I haven't paid for the subscription or whatever, but you get an, an, uh, an analyzing per day. If you want to use it for one of your games, you can go back and have it analyzed by the computer. And it says, well, this was a bad move or this was a good move or this was a, <laughs> kind of right. thing and they're like you know this was a bad move <laughs> what are what are uh, like this is a blunder like that's like the worst like that or, or like a mistake mm-hmm. um uh an inaccuracy is like a next step up not as bad um mm-hmm. so it uses all these and it, but it gives you like what the computer would think analyzing the game would have been your better move in that, in that sense. So, um, so anyways, I had some good games. Um, the last game I played was so good that I'm almost afraid to play a new game. I had a ranking. <laughs> I had an, an accuracy ranking of uh, 92.4. So almost all of my moves were like the best moves that you could do in a Mm -hmm. given moment. I, uh, let me look at it real quick. I had no, no mistakes, no blunders, no miss wins. How many, how many moves does it say? How many moves you have? Yes. Yeah. Let me pull up the game report and I'll tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I'm just kind of gauge. Like if you're, if you're at 92 and there's like 20 moves, you know. No, then... so no, so I made it him in 10. Oh wow, 10 moves, and that's together. So each, uh, each one of our moves is count, right? So I move, he moves, Five that's moves. one. Wow. I move. Well, no, I mean, no, not really. They they count as a collective, right? So I move, he moves, that's one. Oh, I move, he okay, moves. Okay, gotcha, that's gotcha. Two, right? So. I was white, so he didn't get a tenth move. Uh, so it's like nine and a half, if you want to mm-hmm. think of it that way. But I got ten moves, so then you can't think of it that way. Anyways. Right. Um, but yeah, I came out. Uh, he may, I don't know. Uh, 
I'm just looking through here. He pulled his queen out so fast. Pulled his queen out on the fourth move to put pressure mm-hmm. on me. He's black, right? So he's like trying to be offensive quick, but but uh, then made some dumb moves in the middle game. And can uh, you see his blunders and stuff? Will it analyze like? Yeah, his yeah. Side so of it? it exactly. So so yeah. There's like uh, he pulls his queen out and then almost. Right after it, the next two moves that he makes are like inaccurate moves. Like they're mm-hmm. that's like they're not bad moves, but they're not good moves either. We can't classify it as a good move, but it's not like a mistake necessarily. Mm-hmm. So inaccuracy. So he's made two of those, and then he made a huge mistake. I put his on the seventh move. I put him in check with my bishop, and he took it with his queen. Had nothing. He had nothing protecting his queen at all. He took it, and I just took his queen. Like, uh, <laughs> move eight, I take his queen, and then it takes me two moves after that to... Checkmate him. Check wow. him. He only, yeah, he only had, like, two pieces out from their starting position. Three so pieces he just out. Was, he was just going hard with the queen. He so. went hard with the queen and didn't back her up whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um... So, anyways, that's my best game, and again, I'm like, uh, I'm a little afraid to play again because I'm not gonna be that good. I have a ranking currently of 802, which is not great, um, but you know, with 11 games, uh, you start as a 400. A beginner is a 400 ranking, mm-hmm. so I've at least doubled my my rank. Um, okay. Within 11 games. So anyways, so it's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I never like was one of those guys that was like in the chess club or studied the theory of it or whatever. But I watched that show and now I'm like, well, what is the Cecilia defense? And what <laughs> is this? And <laughs> what is the queen? Oh, passant. Oh, passant. <laughs> well, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, like I took like the easy chess courses because this chess.com also provides you like uh, mm-hmm. A certain amount of courses per week or something that you can, they have lessons and stuff that you can follow along with. And I got to the one about Ampoussant and I was like, mm, I don't need to, I don't need to, I'll, I'll watch it just cause, but, uh, but yeah, anyways, there's some weird wor- rules and stuff. So it's weird. I've started like some guy, now that I've watched that show, like some chess dudes are popping up on YouTube and stuff and I'm not, not watching them. So I don't know. So anyways. That's mm-hmm. the new. Th- that's the new thing for now. Trying to, uh, it's a good quarantine brain uh, workout. Not it's no telekinesis, but you know it's a little bit of chess. So yeah, there you go. I want to see somebody out of COVID spending two weeks just working on telekinesis with chess. There you go. Just start it out. <laughs> just there get your you chess go. Board. Get it. Get it going. Exactly. Yeah. Just moving those pieces with your mind. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And be afraid of that person. For sure. <laughs> exactly. That's a lot of brain power. Moving chess pieces yeah. and and mating, you know, checkmate. Mm-hmm. I win. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's way cool. I mean, I learned chess as a child. Yeah. And got into it with Star Wars chess oh. um, on 
uh, on Windows, a Windows computer. It was a uh-huh. CD-ROM game. Nice. And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but it just... Ugh, it was so ridiculous because uh, every time you captured a piece, the computer would play a little cutscene of those two pieces fighting, right? Uh-huh. And, like, uh, you know, stormtroopers were the pawns and R2-D2s were the pawns on the light side. Okay. And if a stormtrooper took a um, R2-D2, then he just, like, the stormtrooper shoots R2-D2 and r 2 d is like, and, like, starts smoking, right? Uh-huh. Um, and everything. If, and, like, falls over, I think. If a, if R2-D2 takes a stormtrooper, the animation, literally, the stormtrooper shoots at him and misses, shoots at him and misses, and then R2-D2 puts out this little arm and this little disc kind of just, like, folds out. Like, this little CD, like, looking size thing just folds uh-huh. out. And the stormtrooper aims directly for that, hits it, and it bounces. the laser bounces back and kills the stormtrooper. Nice. <laughs> and I'm like, you missed this giant trash can-looking thing twice... But you managed to hit this one spot that he wanted you to hit, and you killed yourself. I'm like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. That's hilarious. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, I played a lot against computers and stuff like that, and then tried to get some uh, chess games going from, like uh, through the mail and everything. Uh-huh. Never, never finished a never finished no. a game <laughs> in the mail. Um, when I was in Canada, we came up with spiral chess. Uh huh. That is instead of a grid board, um, you have a a spiral uh, grid. But um, after laying it all out and play testing it, it gave the rooks too much power because they could essentially get to any spot on the board. Um, just because since it's like a spiral and they travel just, a, you know, like, you know, a j- laterally, it gave them ultimate power essentially. Nice. It's weird. And then, um, but I do have three person chess that I've yet to oh, find. Oh, nice. T- yet to find people to play with. So. Ooh, dude, I'll play. I'll play. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm in. So right. it's very interesting. You you missed, so you mentioned an old video game, and then I thought of something that I thought I'd just mention real quick. Oh, and um, Chessmaster 2000. Oh. Chessmaster 2000. Nice. Yeah. Um, did you ever, back in the day, play the classic Chess video game, Chess Quest? Checks the cereal? Yes, the cereal. They made a computer game back in the 90s. And no. No? I don't remember how you got it or anything like that. I'm sure I could look it up and read about it. But 
there was a Chex video game. It's like a it's like a Doom uh knockoff kind of game. Uh it was awesome. This is a game that I haven't thought about in years. I didn't beat a lot of video games as a kid, let alone a lot of computer video games. But I did beat Chex Quest back in the day. Chex Quest. All right, I'm seeing it here. So I'm in. I'm in the store. No, I'm in. Uh, I'm a gas station last night, picking up some snacks or whatever. I look at. I'm just looking through the aisle. I see the Chex Mix bags. And it's got the dude on in the front from the Chex Quest game. And I'm like, no way. They brought back like, Chex Quest. Like in the blue suit? With like the... Yeah. Yeah. And the and the, yeah. the two tanks on the back to shoot milk or whatever he's shooting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so anyways, they have re... They... they they have remastered it or whatever. I don't know. I haven't wa- I haven't looked, but like you can now on Steam go download Chex Quest for free and play it. And it looks like, you know, it's a new revamped version of it. Um so anyways, there you go. For all of you who remember Chex Quest, probably don't. Um but it has oh, it's a Chex Quest HD. It's a new thing. It's out there. You can download it. You can play it now. Checks are not just for eating anymore. So apparently, apparently or, again, you got it. According to this this Reddit thread, you got it with AOL, like those AOL CD ROMs. Yes, so that's definitely it. it. You you get like your fifty free hours, quote unquote, of AOL, uh-huh. and you uh, download this game at the same time, or you have this game at the same time. There you go, man. Anyways, hilarious. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, All cool, right. guys. Cool. All right. Well, all the stuff we said at the beginning. Insert here, <laughs> and uh, you guys uh, take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, hey guys, we really appreciate everyone listening and enjoying. Hope you guys engage with us. Send us our stuff. Send us the stuff. Let us know how you think things work. Send us. Appreciate send it. us our stuff. If you got our send stuff, our give stuff. it back. We uh, want our stuff back. Yeah, so. and uh, yeah, reach out if you want to play tag on chess.com. I don't know if you can invite Heck yeah, each other dude. To games, if you're, but you definitely look me up. My name is Giorgio Fontaine on checks <laughs> on chess.com. On checks. Oh, perfect. I'll put it. Yeah. I'll t- I'll tag it. I'll tag my uh, my name as a hashtag in, in this episode. Giorgio Fontaine. Find me on chess.com if you want to play. Perfect. All right. True crew to the end. Talk to you. Bye.